so bored You need to walk the other way I tell you once more Please get out of my way I don't want you no more We're done here, boy Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Ariana Newton, Community Manager of Weed2. Welcome to the show, Ariana. Hey, thanks for having me. Also, I did just upgrade. I am now the Business Relations Officer, so that has been a really fun um, development as well that's been happening. But I still do a lot of things with the community too, so I'm more than happy with that title as well. (laughs) Well, Ariana is a multimedia artist, cannabis advocate, and content creator based in Montana. After experiencing the healing properties of the plant firsthand, Ariana found herself connecting with like-minded individuals fighting cannabis censorship all across the globe on WeedTube.com. Passionate about people and the planet, Ariana finds purpose in helping plan and execute ideas, striving for social and environmental improvement. In an effort to promote conscious consumerism within the cannabis industry, Ariana helped launch a new holiday called Canna for Climate Day, falling on April 21st between the notorious 420 holiday and Earth Day. Canna for Climate Day encourages cannabis consumers to be stewards of the island and clean up their local communities to positively impact the environment. As many set their sights on the future of cannabis, Ariana believes it is important to acknowledge the past and some unfortunate realities of the present for people incarcerated for cannabis offenses despite the trend towards legalization, and has been helping with Last Prisoner Project recently. Well, welcome, Ariana. It's great to have you here today. Tell us about how you came to have a career in cannabis. Was it always part of your plan, or was it something that you fell into? Yes. No, this is a great question. My story is somewhat unique, but probably not super unique for a lot of people coming out of states where cannabis wasn't always accepted. And obviously legalization efforts have always been struggling depending on what state it is. But being from Montana, I never really thought that I would have a career in cannabis. I grew up with the D.A.R.E. program. I grew up with, you know, a lot of people just not really knowing what benefits of the plant could be, especially up here in Montana. You know, we have a smaller population, so we don't have as many people really looking into the healing properties of the plant. Um, It's something that we really need to build out and develop in Montana in particular. But when I did graduate from the University of Montana in 2018, I ended up moving to Colorado. And that's kind of where I got my big jump into the cannabis community. Um, And it was obviously pretty wild going from Montana to Colorado, walking into my first Colorado dispensary. It's like the candy land of cannabis. I like to say very much like a Walmart vibe when I was like looking around at the shelves. It was insanity. That's amazing. But yeah, so I really did get my start in Colorado in particular. Um, I started off kind of doing more of like the modeling aspect of cannabis. You know, I was a young, very youthful. I found all of these people on this platform that were creating content. They were talking about how they use the plant, why they use the plant. They were doing challenges. They were 
trying to educate um, different groups of people, and I wanted to kind of jump in on that. I was really creative with the video stuff. Um, I taught myself how to edit. I just really dove into that content side of it. You know, having an art degree, I did everything hands-on, and to kind of translate all of that onto the computer was not an easy transition for me, but one that I'm really, really glad I did because it opened up so many opportunities for me to be able to network with like a group of the cannabis community all across the globe and just even in the States as well. I feel like I've got so much more knowledge now kind of going or coming back into Montana and trying to kind of help the program that is getting established here just being able to see and talk and converse with people that are doing it in other states or that have already kind of done it and they know what to do and how to do it better. Um, I think that that is something that has been really profound that I found along my journey. But I really did just start out, you know, modeling, making content, uh, working with brands. I kind of got my way in. I was filming for a WeTube commercial, actually. That's kind of how I got my start in the quote-unquote industry, if you want to say. And then from there, it just, I, for lack of a better term, just spun out of control. I started um, working as a personal assistant for an influencer in the cannabis community, um, the co-creator and co-founder of WeTube, basically. And from there, I just started learning fast. I was traveling around to a lot of trade shows. I was meeting a lot of people. I was networking. And then I kind of was able to showcase my value a little bit more. You know, I am very leadership oriented and I'm very organized. I like to manage and curate um, kind of all of my networks. And so being able to do that and bring that to the team was really valuable. So I kind of found myself falling into this whole other role or this whole other role of what I could be in cannabis, especially as a woman. Um, I know you talk a lot about that on your podcast. But yeah, so it was really cool to see other women in Colorado in the industry doing or taking on more uh, executive like leadership roles within the industry. You know, you didn't just have to be a model or be in the commercials or take pictures. Like you can take on a more executive role as like a leader in the industry and kind of help shape and curate like what direction you want the industry to go in. And once I kind of figured that out, I was like, ah, I don't have to compromise my like morals, my values in order to stay in this industry. Because in Montana, that's really all I was exposed to. You know, I saw all the videos of the brands that had the girls blasted out. You know, I saw all the content of just like cute girls smoking weed online. I was just like, what more is there? And then to figure out that I could create something more Um, And then given that opportunity via WeTube, I mean, it was just, it was incredible for me and uh, it's still incredible for me. So yeah, it doesn't even feel real sometimes. (laughs) I'm sure you can relate. So you were saying that when you were looking at the cannabis industry from the outside, the representation that you saw and the impression that you got about the role for women in this industry was basically arm candy or um, objectified props. Yeah, I mean, it mimicked a lot of some of these other industries, like, you know, the alcohol industry, or even just like the tobacco industry, kind of like, what were women's roles in those industries, and then figuring out that it didn't just have to be that. So yeah, I guess I was a little more naive coming into it, too, just because I didn't have a lot of people in my immediate environment that were in the cannabis industry. Obviously, now that's 
so different. There's a lot of different groups that kind of come together and unite to change the stereotype of like what it means to be a productive stoner, right? But that was just like not, you're right, that was just not the perception I was getting at all um, coming from Montana. And also to, you know, with the black market and how that kind of was my whole introduction in Montana, you know, going the quote unquote dirty route, as people would say, it's just, uh, I just felt there was like this vibe about it, you know, that I wasn't really able to shake, even though I had a lot of cannabis advocates in my life. They didn't even really know, I think, uh, what they were advocating for and to the extent of what that would mean, I guess, in the way that it shaped my perception. So yeah, I had this negative perception about the industry or at least where I could place myself in the industry. Not even that it's negative. I still think that there's a proper use for it, but I just was like, what else can I do (laughs) and how else can I make myself valuable? Because I do thrive in roles of leadership. That's what I've always done. I did student council. You know, I worked on my university campus to like start a lot of initiatives and served as like a community development coordinator. So I wanted to bring that to the cannabis industry, but it was you know, we're creating the positions in this industry right now. So I just had to go and create it. And it it's crazy to even think that that is the reality I'm living, but it is. And it's really, really cool. And now I've met so many other women entrepreneurs that are like doing it and starting their own companies or even just advocating for the plant on, you know, social media or you doing content creation. And it's just really inspiring for me to see and then be able to mimic as well. I find it really interesting because if that was your perception, it means that there are other young women who are also getting that perception about their opportunity and representation in the industry. So I hadn't heard that before. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. And it it definitely puts a different spin on the work that we all have to do. Um, So moving on, what is WeedTube and what is their mission? Yeah, so WeTube is really cool. Basically, it is a platform a platform fighting cannabis censorship. It really was created out of necessity. In 2018, there was a group of YouTubers that were deleted from YouTube. It's known as the quote-unquote cannabis purge of YouTube. And a lot of these content creators, they had nowhere else to go to upload this long-form content to talk about cannabis, to educate about cannabis, to participate in just any of the fun content stuff. So they had to basically come together. They crowdfunded and launched WeTube, their own site, on like a WordPress page. It started out very, very basic, and it's kind of spiraled out of control from there. You know, they have an app now. Um, The website is getting updated and developed. It's just really cool. I found this platform, and it was my entryway into the community and the way that I found like-minded people um, that were trying to advocate for the plant, but also still trying to have fun, also still super creative. They basically launched this platform and now it serves as like a cannabis YouTube. I hate to say that, but it is WeedTube (laughs) Um, and it's free to upload and create content on there and have your own profile and do all of that stuff. And so you don't have to worry about like curating or tailoring what you're doing, saying, or showing to fit these social media guidelines, which are constantly changing. You know, Instagram never used to censor cannabis as hard as it does within the last two years. I mean, people used to go viral on Instagram for cannabis content, and now it's very difficult to do. You have to be very strategic about it, which I think is another thing I enjoy helping people do 
um, to just avoid kind of some of those really psychologically detrimental uh, effects of like social media, especially when you're trying to run and curate your own business. Um, It's hard to understand and navigate social media. And so WeTube was just kind of another way for me to do that without having to worry about getting deleted, getting censored, going through the emotional roller coaster of that because I had seen so many other influencers go through it already. And like as a psychology student, I already knew the impacts of social media on mental health and I wasn't really willing to compromise that. So WeTube has been my safe home for that, if that answers that. (laughs) And is it a YouTube competitor or a Vimeo competitor? Do people have the ability to charge for their content? Yeah, so that's something they're working on. Basically, they do have like a creator payout system. So people like companies and brands can advertise on WeTube via commercial advertising. And then 52% of the profits from that go back to the creators. Um, So it's divvied up monthly with how that works. Obviously, it would be ideal if there was something more uh, direct, like, you know, Twitch and things like that. They have talked about building it out that way. Um, and also just including some short form content as well too. But currently right now, the biggest advantage to WeTube is that it's meant for like long form content. So that's kind of how that is working right now. Ideally though, yeah, it would be like the cannabis hub. It would have short form content. It would have long form content. It would have different payment methods where you can interact with your creator directly Um, all stuff they're working towards. But yeah, right now it's more so not a competitor with YouTube, just that alternative. So you don't have to worry about your videos getting demonetized, flagged, um, you know, linking things. A lot of cannabis influencers or just cannabis representatives that are doing product reviews and things like that, they're doing it on behalf of like a company or they're getting paid for by a brand. And So to have the security of where that goes is so important, um, especially for the brands and just like the relationship with the content creator too. You know, if YouTube goes and deletes your video or flags you for linking a product in the description, it can be kind of, it can stunt your growth as a creator, I will just say. So it's nice to be able to have a secure location for all that to go where it wouldn't be an issue. Um, So yeah, it's not necessarily a competitor with YouTube. It's just an alternative, you know, I encourage people to backlog their content on WeTube as well. It's just, you never know what YouTube's going to do. You never know what, um, who, or you never know who they're going to delete. I, they really just pick and choose, I feel like at this point. So yeah, I don't know about competitor as much as just an alternative. I understand that the staff at WeTube is very diverse. Can you tell us more about that? Was it a conscious decision Or did it just kind of happen that way? And what do you think are the benefits of having a diverse staff? Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. So we're still like a really small team, which I think is unique in a lot of ways too. A lot of cannabis teams are pretty small. Um, But when you're running like a media platform, you definitely want to have a lot of perspectives, right? But much of our team is or does fall into the LGBTQ plus community. So that is like, to be able to help people that also felt suppressed just within their life, be able to curate these positions within the cannabis community and kind of have these unique ways that they solve problems just because they are unique in that way of how they've had to go about walking their life is like really huge to the creativity of the team, I think. Um, And also just 
to the problem solving skills that the team has collectively. I think sometimes problems can feel really, really heavy, but when you've already experienced just the heaviness of like life rejecting you, it's easier to kind of manage some of that. So having a diverse team in aspects of that is really cool, but I would say our team still isn't diverse enough. You know, we, we still need more diversity. I would never say that we're like the leaders in the industry for that, but I definitely love that we enable a huge part of that community to be able to feel like they can express themselves, which is exactly what WeTube is doing by trying to allow people to express themselves via cannabis content. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cool correlation there. You also work with a few projects like Last Prisoner Project. How did you become passionate about helping to decarcerate cannabis prisoners? Yeah, my journey with that is so interesting too. You know, in Montana, we focus a lot on veterans and making sure that our VAs are taken care of. But we, when I kind of like started traveling out and I started realizing how many people were behind bars for cannabis offenses just kind of how ridiculous it is on all sides, the, the stereotypes and the stigmas that go into any of it, you know? So when I found out about Last Prisoner Project, um, Freedom Grow Forever is another one as well down in California that does a lot of advocacy trying to like help individual people get out from behind the bars. I was just like, I need to find out more about how I can help these programs. But basically Last Prisoner Project is just trying to keep our government accountable to their promises. Obviously, especially right now, you know, we have Biden in office and Biden was such a huge advocate for, well, during his campaign, he advocated for, you know, not having people behind bars for that or kind of the injustices of that. He brought it up a couple of times. So they're just really trying to hold our government accountable to getting some of these people, you know, released from behind bars, getting these clemency orders, like, Put together and trying to just bring more awareness to the fact that we have an industry now that is growing exponentially fast and making just so much money. How are we going to divert some of that back and give back to the people that we've been now putting behind bars? They're probably the main reason that we even have the plant legal now. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like I just went off onto like a little bit of a spitball there, but how I got involved with it mainly was I was talking to people that had been behind bars for cannabis offense. And I was listening to their experiences, their stories, you know, whether it was minor or something more major, they were still being treated in these prison systems, which is obviously like a whole different uh, spin, spin. You know, there's a lot that we need to adjust with our prison systems and how we treat people and kind of the protocol there, but I was listening to their experiences and kind of how they had gone through the system and thinking about, oh my gosh, it was for an eighth, a quarter, a pound, whatever it may be. I'm just, I'm out here, you know, like taking pictures with cannabis and like advocating for its legalization, but I'm not out here advocating for the lives of people that have been put on the line over the last couple of years to even bring it to my attention. So I just felt really passionate about getting involved. And I obviously networked with a couple of people that are on the board with Last Prisoner Project. And I got to know some of their other initiatives. You know, they have a letter writing program. They do like a roll it up for justice program with dispensaries. More recently, they've like launched, they helped uh, Corvain Cooper launch like his own brand, 40 Tons. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's kind of like a whole 
encompassing uh, story of like, you can come out of prison and you can still have an opportunity in this industry. Hopefully (laughs) that's what we're advocating for. What are you excited about in 2022 for WeedTube and for yourself? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, I am in Montana. So obviously 2022 is when adult use recreational is supposed to go into effect. So that will be kind of a crazy time here. Um, I have been trying to get more involved with the local politics of what is going on with cannabis in Montana specifically, just because Montana politics are already kind of behind the time, so to speak. Um, But yeah, so that'll be a really exciting year. I'm just eager to kind of see what gets put in place and how we can shape it better to fit the narrative of Montana and the people in Montana Um, but also still be very equitable. Like I said, our VA program in Montana is huge. And I think it is insane that 83% of vets support cannabis legalization, at least medically, but yet 0% of the VA will actually endorse medical cannabis or like provide them with medical cannabis, but, you know, they'll still put them on hard drugs and things like that. So I'm excited to see the shift for Montana to work out a lot of its logistical issues with the industry and figure out how we can implement it in like a really sustainable way. That's another thing I try to advocate for, which is really hard to do in our industry. Indoor growing is very not energy efficient. Um, And so trying to find better ways to do that and ways that Montana can actually pay for it and make it more sustainable over the course of years would be great. Um, I think a lot of states need to focus on that. But for WeedTube for 2022, I'm really excited because they've got a lot of ideas. We've had so much of the community come together multiple times and kind of express what they want to see out of the platform, what they want to accomplish with the platform. And from there, they've kind of been able to roadmap a whole plan of how to build WeedTube as more than just a long form video content app. Like I said, they really do want to be the cannabis hub Um, for that kind of content, whether it be long form or short form, you know, Instagram does the same kind of censorship that YouTube does from time to time. And, you know, people's pages can just get deleted. So being able to have photos and DMs and all that other kind of fun, more like news feedy stuff that goes along with a platform would be really cool to see in 2022. I don't know how fast they'll be able to execute anything, but I know that our community has it all planned and lined out. So that's something I kind of look forward to seeing roll out slowly through 2022 for sure. Excellent. How can women find out more about WeedTube or you if they're interested? Yeah. If you want to know more about WeedTube, you can just check out WeedTube.com. Start looking at some of the content creators on there. There are a lot of incredible women on there creating content. And also, if you want to follow me, you can just go to any of my pages. I'm provisional underscore air on almost everything, including my WeTube account. Thank you so much, Ariana, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our brand new membership portal at womenempoweredincannabis.com. There you'll find lots of information on our new memberships for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse as WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. 
WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a supporting member or supporting business for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with Women Leading in Cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.